Welcome to Sartori Stories. Each episode, Frank Sartori reads you a wonderful story. On this episode of Sartori Stories, Frankie reads a chapter from a classic children's book filled with lots of animals and lots of fun. Stuart Little. Hello! I'm so happy to see you. Welcome to another episode of Sartori Stories. I'm your host, Frank Sartori. This week, I bring you a classic story that also was a very popular movie. This story is about a mouse named Stuart, and in the chapter of this book that I'm about to read to you, he competes in a sailboat race. Stuart Little, written by E.B. White, illustrated by Garth Williams. Chapter 7, The Sailboat Race. When the people in Central Park learned that one of the toy sailboats was being steered by a mouse in a sailor suit, they all came running. Soon the shores of the pond were so crowded that a policeman was sent from headquarters to announce that everybody would have to stop pushing, but nobody did. People in New York liked to push each other. The most excited person of all was the boy who owned the Lillian B. Womrath. He was a fat, sulky boy of 12 named Leroy. He wore a blue serge suit and a white necktie stained with orange juice. Come back here, he yelled to Stuart. Come back here and get on my boat. I want you to steer my boat. I will pay you $5 a week and you can have every Thursday afternoon off and a radio in your room. I thank you for your kind offer, replied Stuart, but I'm happy aboard the Wasp, happier than I've ever been before in all my life. And with that, he spun the wheel over smartly and headed his schooner down toward the starting line, where Leroy was turning his boat around by poking it with a long stick, ready for the start of the race. I'll be the referee, said a man in a bright green suit. Is the wasp ready? Ready, sir, shouted Stuart, touching his hat. Is the Lillian B. Walmrath ready? asked the referee. Sure, I'm ready, said Leroy. To the north end of the pond and back again shouted the referee. On your mark, get set, go! Go! cried the people on the shore. Go! cried the owner of the wasp. Go! yelled the policeman. And away went the two boats for the north end of the pond, while the seagulls wheeled and cried overhead, and the taxicabs tooted and honked from 72nd Street, and the west wind, which had come halfway across America to get to Central Park, sang and whistled in the rigging and blew spray across the decks, stinging Stuart's cheeks with tiny fragments of flying peanut shell tossed up from the foamy deep. This is the life for me, Stuart murmured to himself. What a ship. What a day. What a race. Before the two boats had gone many feet, however, an accident happened on shore. The people were pushing each other harder and harder in their eagerness to see the sport, and although they really didn't mean to, they pushed the policeman so hard, they pushed him right off the concrete wall and into the pond. He hit the water in a sitting position and got wet clear up to the third button of his jacket. He was soaked. This particular policeman was not only a big heavy man, but he had just eaten a big heavy meal, and the wave he made went curling outward, cresting and billowing, upsetting all men or small craft, and causing every owner of a boat on the pond to scream with delight and consternation. When Stuart saw the great wave approaching, he jumped for the rigging, but he was too late. Towering above the wasp like a mountain, the wave came crashing and piling along the deck, caught Stuart up and swept him over the side and into the water, 
or everybody supposed he would drown. Stuart had no intention of drowning. He kicked hard with his feet and thrashed hard with his tail, and in a minute or two, he climbed back aboard the schooner, cold and wet, but quite unharmed. As he took his place at the helm, he could hear people cheering for him and calling, Adam Mouse, Stuart! Adam Mouse! He looked over and saw that the wave had capsized the Lillian B. Walmrath, but that she had righted herself and was sailing on her course, close by. And she stayed close alongside till both boats reached the north end of the pond. Here, Stuart put the wasp about, and Leroy turned the Lillian B. Walmrath around with a stick, and away the two boats went for the finish line. This race isn't over yet, thought Stuart. The first warning he had that there was trouble ahead came when he glanced into the wasp's cabin and observed that the barometer had fallen sharply. That can mean only one thing at sea, dirty weather. Suddenly, a dark cloud swept across the sun, blotting it out and leaving the earth in shadow. Stuart shivered in his wet clothes. He turned up his sailor blouse close around his neck, and when he spied the wasp's owner among the crowd on shore, he waved his hat and called out, Dirty weather ahead, sir! Wind backing into the southwest, seas confused, glass falling. Never mind the weather, cried the owner. Watch out for flotsam dead ahead. Stuart peered ahead into the gathering storm, but saw nothing except gray waves of white crests. The world seemed cold and ominous. Stuart glanced behind him. There came the sloop, boiling along fast, rolling up a bow wave and gaining steadily. Look out, Stuart! Look out where you're going! Stuart strained his eyes, and suddenly, dead ahead, right in the path of the wasp, he saw an enormous paper bag looming up on the surface of the pond. The bag was empty and riding high, its open end gaping wide like the mouth of a cave. Stuart spun the wheel over, but it was too late. The wasp drove her bow sprite straight into the bag, and with a fearful whoosh, the schooner slowed down and came up into the wind with all sails flapping. Just at this moment, Stuart heard a splintering crash, saw the bow of the Lillian plow through his rigging, and felt the whole ship tremble from stern to stern with the force of a collision. A collision! shouted the crowd on shore. In a jiffy, the two boats were in a terrible tangle. Little boys on shore screamed and danced up and down. Meanwhile, the paper bag sprang a leak and began to fill. The wasp couldn't move because of the bag. The Lillian B. Walmrath couldn't move because her nose was stuck in the wasp's rigging. Waving his arms, Stuart ran forward and fired off his gun. Then he heard, above the other voices on shore, the voice of the owner of the wasp yelling directions and telling him what to do. Stuart! Stuart! Down jib! Down stay sill! Stuart jumped for the halyards, and the jib and the forestail came rippling down. Cut away all paper bags, roared the owner. Stuart whipped out his pocket knife and slashed away bravely the soggy bag until he had the deck cleared. Now back your foresail and give her a full, screamed the owner of the wasp. Stuart grabbed the foresail boom and pulled with all his might. Slowly the schooner paid off and began to gather headway. And as she heeled over to the breeze, she rolled her rail out from under the Lillian's nose, shook herself free, and stood away to the southward. A loud cheer went up from the bank. Stuart sprang to the wheel and answered it. Then he looked back, and to his great joy, he perceived that the Lillian had gone off in a wild direction and was yawing all over the pond. Straight and true he sailed the wasp, with Stuart at the helm. After she had crossed the finish line, Stuart brought her alongside the wall and was taken ashore and highly praised for his fine seamanship and daring. The owner was delighted and said it was the happiest day of his life. 
He introduced himself to Stewart, said that in private life he was Dr. Paul Carey, a surgeon dentist. He said model boats were his hobby, and that he would be delighted to have Stewart take command of his vessel at any time. Everybody shook hands with Stewart. Everybody, that is, except the policeman, who was too wet and mad to shake hands with a mouse. When Stewart got home that night, his brother George asked him where he had been all day. Oh, knocking around town, replied Stewart. What an exciting story that was. Stewart battling weather, paper bags, and other boats, and he ended up winning the race. I would think that Stewart was very, very brave during that that uh, boat race. But even for a little mouse, that can be a lot of excitement. I hope you really enjoyed this edition of Sartori Stories, and I hope you enjoyed today's story. Tune in next time where I'm going to have yet another fun and classic story for you. Until then, I will see you next time, and happy reading. Sartori Stories was hosted and created by Frank Sartori, executive producer, editor, and music composer, Matt Bingle. Stuart Little, copyright 1945, renewed 1973, HarperCollins Incorporated. Sartori Stories is a co-production of Sartori Entertainment and Bengal Productions. 